It is Friday, the 10th day of June, 2022, and I need to apologize for the late show. I know I did say a few weeks ago that um, more likely than not that shows would be coming out on Fridays. Let me move this back for you, as opposed to Thursdays. Um, but, you know, not having a job allows me to typically record during the day. Uh, on Wednesday, when at night, on Wednesday, I am hosting trivia at Damien's Pub, Hanson, Massachusetts. You should come down every Wednesday, 8 p.m. However, this week, uh, I had the incredible pleasure of seeing Sir Paul McCartney live in concert uh, for the first time ever. Uh, an absolute thrill. I was unbelievably uh, excited to go, um, but also incredibly disappointed that I had to see him at Fenway Park. Uh, regular listeners will know my you know, general take on Fenway, but I, I vividly remember, and I don't know if I've told this story on, on the show or not, uh, I vividly remember the first time I went to Fenway Park. It was in 1988. I was uh, I was 10, which, you know, granted is, is a little bit old for like the first time. And I may have gone before that, but this this particular one sticks out. I'd have to ask my brother if we had been prior to that. But it was 1988. And um, they were hot. They started off the season very, very well. And my dad took my brother and I in for a matinee versus the Detroit Tigers. Fairly certain it was the Detroit Tigers. Um, we didn't have tickets, though. But the old man figured he'd score uh, some from a scalper, which, you know, back in 1988 was what you did. If you didn't have tickets, that's what you did. I guess in some regards you could still do that today, but it's probably a little bit different. Uh, so he was thrilled when he found a guy. We had crossed the uh, the bridge, which I think now is the David Ortiz Bridge. I don't know. It's some bridge. Um you know, from Kenmore Square over to uh, Yaki Way, Jersey Street, whatever you call it. <clears throat> um, but he, so he was thrilled when he, when he's talking to the guy. And I, I like to this day, I can literally remember the scalper holding like a tiny uh, seating chart that was on the back of like one of the folding schedules, pocket schedules. And like moving it very fast and doing a lot of pointing. Uh, and, but my my dad must have bought it, so he bought three tickets for a hundred bucks from this guy. Now, back in '88, a hundred bucks was fucking huge money for my father. Uh, my dad was a a laborer, literally a grave digger for a number of years, um, before you know multiple back surgeries and uh, a, a dalliance with construction. That didn't that didn't last long, but uh, it was it was very interesting, and so um, we we take the tickets, we get up to our seats, and what ends up happening is that um, we ended up in the very last row of the grandstand, and you know, needless to say, and rightfully so, my dad was pissed that he was swindled by this fast talking asshole. Like, lesson learned, right? No, no. 
Uh, that trait was passed down to me, and I've been impatient and gullible as hell ever since. So, there you go. Anyway, yeah, Fenway Park. Uh, it was a shithole back in 1988 with a very nice baseball field in the middle. Still is. The field itself, pristine, wonderful. The shittiest, uh, you know, it wasn't... The shittiness, I should say, wasn't really part of the charm back then. It was just that, you know, the racist southerner uh, and his wife who owned the club were too cheap to actually pay for improvements. I mean, look, if you spend any time inside of Fenway Park pre-90, oh boy, I'd say like 98, maybe, place was not, wasn't a great place. It really wasn't. Place was a shithole. The neighborhood sucked, but it was, you know, it was... It sucked, but it was a quaint suck. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but um, but yeah. So you know, you, you're you're basically pissing in troughs, which was honestly, whoever thought of that, one, it was very efficient, but two, disgusting. Uh, now the place is owned by a gang of roving sports carpetbaggers who've managed to squeeze every single inch of space into something that they can sell. Honestly. I don't think I've been there for about three years, and I was astonished at the the sheer volume uh, of pay tiers and sections within the building. Like, it's unfucking believable. And the t- the the seats that we had were um, in in right field, uh, not the terraces, but like the roof boxes. So, you know, once upon a time, that, that section was essentially the same, the roof boxes and the terraces. But they've, they've managed to, to cordon that off so that you can't get from the terraces to the roof boxes and vice versa. Which, kind of fucking shitty. Same fucking seat. And to top it off, we didn't even bother sitting in the fucking seats. Uh, we, were, we were just standing in the standing room section behind uh our particular section because we're at the you know the end of the row not not the beginning the end but whatever I, i've gone on too long the appeal is gone for those of us who've been there more than a dozen times if you've never been to fenway park and you're a baseball fan all for it go see it once and then that's it turn away because you'll be disgusted by the time you're done everything is overpriced and as i said 7500 different pay tiers so many sections in the park and honestly it's still a fucking dump there's a ton of lipstick smeared on that pig, and they'll keep painting the hell out of it until it finally collapses and dies. $14 for a 16-ounce Bud Light draft. Really? That's fucking extortion, Mr. Henry, and I'm coming for you. Not really, but whatever. Uh, anyways, Paul McCartney's going to be 80 years old next week. 80. And him and his outstanding band played 36 fucking songs. Incredible. And I'm so happy that I finally saw him before, you know, he's 80 years old. Anyways, that's all right here, right now on this uh, clearly long-winded episode number 122 of Complaints and Observations. Still the most less-than-average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. Continuing Odyssey into mediocrity, guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations.
with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. All right, what's up? Happy Friday. How we doing? Um, I'm doing. I'm doing. Doing the best I can. So yeah, Paul McCartney, holy fuck. Like, it's one of these things that... Uh, every time he's come to town and he's played Fenway a handful of times, I want to say like, I think this might've been like his fourth time, you know, and you, you think about it and by the time you think about it, you know, you missed out on the tickets and then the tickets are ended up, you know, if you're trying to buy them on the secondary market from a fucking scalper, uh, it's going to cost you a shit ton of money. So it just never, the, 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 the stars never aligned. Uh, this time I managed to actually get, uh, tickets that when they were released. So, you know, granted I overpaid. If I, if it was for somebody else, it would be an overpayment, but because it was for Paul McCartney, it wasn't entirely an overpayment. You know, you know, the, he's a beetle for fuck's sake. Like, plus, as I said, he's 80. It's not, you're not going to get too many more opportunities, but look, the guy could fucking probably, if he manages to live till he's 90, he might tour until he's 90. No joke. He might pull a Willie Nelson and just keep on going. That's another guy I need to see. Even though I could give you, I could name like three Willie Nelson songs, but it's just one of those things you got to see. So saw so ZZ Top, very thrilled. Eric Clapton's coming, uh, but apparently I'm going to miss out on those tickets. So kind of bummed, but um, but you know, again, and I, I've talked about Fenway Park and how much I don't really uh, care for it. Um, you know, because after you've spent any amount of time in a building built post 2000, you can see what the possibilities are. So it's, it's just like, like to have to go see the team that I, you know, support playing a dump. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, one of the things though, that I noticed last night and, and it's always been f funny to me is that. Oh, burping. Gross. Um, you're in your seats. Oh, Jesus Christ, David. Hold on. The inside of my stomach at the moment is just ghastly. Um, what I've managed to do to my body in the last two weeks is just not, not good. By any chance, I've been eating so much crap, been drinking too much, eating crap, drinking too much, eating crap. Not good. So I feel like dog shit today, physically. Um, where was I? Oh, so, you know, standing in our section, we're doing our thing. And one of the things that I've always found very funny, when you see people who cannot figure out where they're sitting, especially if it's like more than... If it's more than one person. <laughs> so let's say there's like two people or four people. And they're all trying to figure out where they're supposed to sit. 
especially you know if you've never been to this particular building or you happen to be at Fenway Park where they change fucking shit basically every month. Just hilarious. You know, and then there's the awkward interaction when, you know, people sit down and then 10 minutes later, somebody else comes and they're sitting in that person's seat. It's like, oh, well, here's my ticket right here. That's what it says. No, this is the right section. No, 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 your section's over here. And then next thing you know, they got to bring in the fucking, uh, you know, the security brigade or the people with the red shirts that just need to, that their entire job is to basically point out which section is which, even though they're all fairly marked pretty well in this place. It's, it's not that difficult to figure out, even though, like I said, it's constantly different. But I get such a kick out of that. And if they're old, then you start to feel bad. Then you start to feel bad. But I don't know. Um, so that's that. How are you? Things good? Everything's all right, I hope. Uh, how's your week going? You know, granted, it's, it's the end of the week, so hopefully... Uh, you don't have to work this weekend. It's supposed to be a very nice weekend here um, in the southeastern Massachusetts area. <laughs> like, you can't even say Boston area because it's not. It's stupid. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, a lot of stuff to talk about today. I did a lot of, uh, you know, writing in on the list of things I wanted to talk about. I came up with a list of rules for sandwiches just because I had such fun with the um, you know, uh, barbecue rules. Now I have sandwich rules. You motherfuckers are in trouble. Not really. They're all pretty stupid. But I did want to start. There were two things I wanted to start with. One was the uh, PGA Tour, but um, that I might save that for another time because I'm thinking that there there could be some uh, some guests involved. A whole gaggle of guests. I really hope that fucking pulls through. Fingers crossed. So that might be a one-off, uh, not an episode in the next uh, few days. But anyways, the Bruins. Let's talk about your, or maybe not your, but the Boston Bruins. They fired their coach, Bruce Cassidy. And I think I had mentioned this on a previous show where I kind of figured they were going to fire him and that they were going to use him as a scapegoat. And that's exactly what they fucking did. They scapegoated the motherfucker because their management team, Don Sweeney, and Cam Neely, you know, sort of legend and then retired numbered legend, have no fucking idea what they're doing anymore. Blows my mind. They gave Bruce Cassidy a, a literal bag of dog shit and expected him to make a fucking five-star gourmet meal out of it. He was one goal away from, from getting in the second round. Granted... You know, would they have done anything in the second round? No, probably not. The Rangers probably would have waxed them. But not the point. Point is, you know, they were close. Um, they had, you know, a, a ton of injuries based on all of the fucking surgeries these guys have already had. Charlie McAvoy had both surgery, both shoulders or one? One shoulder. Uh, Grizzlick had another shoulder done. Marshan had both hips operated on. Bergeron had a fucking elbow problem that apparently he's been playing with for anywhere between two to five years. He's retiring, folks. Sorry. Uh, but here's here's my biggest issue with the Bruins, okay? And it's not even so much like on-ice crap. Jeremy Jacobs has owned the club for, I believe the number is 47 years. 47 years. 
I don't know how much he paid for it, but if I had to guess, it was probably no more than, say, $5 million bucks maximum. The team now is worth, I would, I would venture a guess it's worth a billion dollars because they own the building as well. So, you know, he's managed to make a lot of money owning this team and literally achieving very little. If you want to get into the grand scheme of winning in pro sports, right? What is what is the ultimate goal every year? It's to win your respective championship, right? So if you don't, it's not a failure per se. It's it's a disappointment, okay? So the Bruins have been disappointing for 46 of his 47 years of ownership. Bruce Cassidy achieved what Jeremy Jacobs and his family want more than anything, and that is playoff hockey. Anytime that he can get extra dates, that's that's his ultimate goal. And he's even stated this, more or less, in the past. That his goal is to, to get more revenue from extra games. So Bruce Cassidy, over his six years, did that consistently. Had a chance to win the Cup in 2019 and didn't, okay? There's a couple reasons why. One, his team was not that good. So they got very lucky where Tampa got bounced. Um, Who else got bounced? Uh, There was another team that was better than them. Toronto got bounced. No, did they beat Toronto? I can't remember, but whatever. Their path was was fairly easy in terms of their opponents. And then when they got to St. Louis, they should have beaten St. Louis, but St. Louis was just a bigger, tougher team. That was it. They weren't they weren't overly skilled. Plus, they had a goalie who, if you know anything about Jordan Bennington, one, he's a douche. Two, he was hot as a fucking pistol during those playoffs. So I don't know if he won Consmite. I don't think he did. I think Ryan O'Reilly got it. I don't know. Again, not prepared. It's a terrible program. But... You know, it, it, the, the goal... Oh, where was I? 19. Uh, his fuck... Like, Carson Kuhlman was a second-line fucking winger. What? Like, that that kid's a... That's an AHL player. And he was playing second-line minutes on a Stanley Cup fi- final team. Like, what the fuck? What more do you want from the man? Like, look what happened last season where, you know, injury after injury after injury. It was gross. Huge problem. You know, you had Pashanak who, beginning of the season, couldn't get out of his own head because the poor guy lost his fucking kid. Like, what the... It's just... These are things that are not the coach's problem. The coach succeeded as best he could. 107 points. 107 points. Like, if you said that six, seven years ago, you'd be like, holy fuck, that's President's Trophy shit. Nope. Wasn't. But... The Jacobs family cares about bums and seats, and that's it. And the sooner the fans around here realize that, the better off they'll be. You can get all pissed off all you want. Every single Bruins fan today is in agreement that Cassidy should not have been fired. But whatever. More and more and more and more, sports are a business. And, you know, again, as soon as fans realize that, the less pissed off they're going to be. I am so guilty 
about being pissed off about sports. It's probably less so now than it's been in the past, but the same can be said in, in, in an ever-growing number of pro sports franchises in this country. Now that plague is spreading overseas, pastimes as businesses are ruining those pastimes. It's gross. It's gross. Everything is monetized in sports. Every single fucking thing is monetized. And it is taking away from the... It's taking away from the joy of sport as a whole. And it was really leading me into this uh, this live uh, golf tournament. It's, it's not really live. It's L-I-V. It's Roman numeral, which means something. I don't know. But it's it's the Saudi Arabia golf conference. I guess you could call it that. They're funding this thing, spending hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars. Sports washing the fuck out of it. They want everyone to forget about the atrocities that they've committed over the course of however many hundreds of thousands of years. But, you know, more or less the last 50 to 75. You know, they went and bought Newcastle. Don't forget. Not that you care because you probably don't like soccer, but they bought Newcastle to try to help rebuild that image. Like, hey, sure, we slaughter the occasional journalist, but... How about soccer and golf? Huzzah! So, I'm going to keep that under wraps for now. Hopefully, um, hopefully we can see how things progress with getting some a gaggle of guests to talk about golf. That'd be fucking sweet. That'd be great. That'd be great. So, yeah, that's that's uh, hockey talk for you. Very exciting stuff. Um, what else? What else did I want to talk about today? Uh, I have a handful of other things. Um, <clears throat> one, oh God. Uh, one of which is just really stupid. Um, I got a, a few good gripes today. I got a voicemail from uh, Scott Banksley. Looking forward to that. Um, but do I want to? Do I really want to talk about guns? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Here's where I want to talk about guns, okay? Let's look at it in a different context, okay? And unfortunately, when I came up with this sort of rant, not rant, but notes that I put into my uh, Google Look app, was before Katie Porter, the representative out of California, basically ripped me off. I'm going to say that. I'm going to stick to it. If you don't believe me, I'm going to give a fuck. Fuck you. So basically... Guns are essentially consumer products, right? People are able to purchase them. My point is that there's a group called the uh, Consumer Protection Services Committee, something like this. Is that what it's called? Hold on. Let me make sure that I say this correctly. U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, the CPSC. And basically what they do is they look at consumer products, and if there's a problem... Uh, they, uh, they, they step in, take action. They go after the manufacturer and say, Hey, uh, you need to do something about this. Case in point. Remember, remember lawn darts? Remember jarts? I'm sure you don't. You might. I mean, granted, if you listen to this program, you probably do because you're old enough to remember jarts. Well, back in the eighties, something like three people died from jarts and they were, they were banned. The sale of original jarts. Uh, the lawn darts with like the pointed fucking metal 
uh, you know, spikes at the bottom, banned. And, and, you know, honestly, those things were fucking weapons when we were kids. Crazy. But they were banned. Three people, roughly. I think it was three. Died. And I think in you in, in part because there isn't a huge JART lobby greasing palms all over D.C. So we don't have the right screaming about their right to possibly uh, impale Aunt Mildred at the summer family reunion. But they were banned, 1988. And sure, look, it's not Congress. However, it is a an executive level commission. Uh, it, it you know it, the 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 chairman is appointed by the president and it has to be um, you know approved. I, there's another word I just forget it. Leave me alone. Um, <clears throat> appointed and it has to be approved by Congress, but you know they report to Congress and the president, but it's not part of a, another like department, right? It's it's a, it's not as if it's under the Department of Justice umbrella or anything like that. But, you know, when, when things happen, they typically step in. So, like, fireworks is a problem. Jarts are a problem. Uh, what else? Um, magnets <laughs> were a problem, like tiny magnets, apparently. They were mad, like, you know, there were some uh, toys that had magnets in them, and kids were swallowing them, like fucking kids swallow everything. So what happened? They, you know, they banned that, too. But then, you know, that particular, the magnet thing got overturned because Neil Gorsuch was like, no, you can't ban that. We can't, which, whatever, it's fine. But the problem is, you know, guns are under the umbrella of the ATF. So therefore, uh, the Consumer Protection Safety Commission, uh, they have zero jurisdiction over whether or not to, to issue, you know, uh, gun recalls or gun anything. So the whole thing's a fuck. It's bullshit, right? Peloton was another one. Somebody died on a Peloton and, and fucking shit hit the fan. Yet we have, it's like a hundred something people a day on average die in, in from, from guns. Yet you never see any issue there. It's never an issue, never a problem. And I find it so backward. But when you have guys like Mitt Romney making $13 million from various manufacturers in the NRA, actually just the NRA, it's a problem. Because it kind of, it, it, it ties into the golf thing, right? Guys are leaving the PGA to go make a shit ton of money in Saudi Arabia. And, uh, you know, morals be damned. Mitt Romney, who's always come off as a reasonable thinker, a somewhat reasonable individual, uh, morals be damned here. And I'm going to cash my check for $13 million from the National Rifle Association. Well within his rights to do so. Because, you know, governments do not run this country. It's the lobbyists. And it's not even the lobbyists, per se. It's the lobbies. So, you know, the whole thing stinks. It smells. Um, you know, and again, it'll be theater for the next couple of weeks. Just like as I'm as I'm talking now on Thursday night, there's more political theater going on for the the, the January sixth committee. Um, like, how much shit do you need on public record to see that there was a fucking problem here? No, not enough. Uh, Merrick Garland, who was supposed to be like this savior for the left, oh, he'll he'll get he'll get Trump. He'll do this. No, 
No, he's just like the rest of them, folks. Hate to break it to you. Uh, he doesn't care about you either, even though he liked to pretend that he did. So the whole thing, is, it's just stupid. And, and, and quite frankly, I, I find it infuriating that, you know, uh, the twisted Second Amendment, where you're looking at it in a twisted sort of view, um, and, and you being manipulated and handheld by both sides of the aisle, mind you. One is saying that, you know, all guns are evil. The other side is saying, well, the other side is going to take them all and melt them down, which neither is accurate. You know, personally, I hate them. I don't want anything to do with them. But that's just me. Do I think that anybody needs a room full of fucking assault rifles? No, <laughs> you don't. You don't. You're afraid of nothing, sir, ma'am. You have nothing to be afraid of, but, you know, your kids happen to to venture into that particular room and blow their face off. You have more to worry about there than you do from some mysterious boogeyman breaking into your house and trying to kill you. But who am I to say? I'm just a terrible podcast host, which is accurate. I also, I put up a picture the other day on Instagram that... I thought was hilarious. It was a woman, um, and she was she was standing outside of something, you know, protesting something. I don't know exactly what she was protesting, but she was wearing a, a black dress with oversized uh, sperm on them and a sign that said, Mandatory vasectomies. Life begins at ejaculation. It's a... It, unbelievably stupid premise and an unbelievably stupid sign with an even more absurd uh dress and, and the thing that i i noticed the other day is that she's standing next to a scooter right and she's holding a helmet so not only is she dressed like this not only is she fucking have this sign but like her helmet has like porcupine spikes on it and she's scooting around town wherever the fuck she is but apparently, like, mandatory vasectomies and forced vasectomies is a real bugaboo for a handful of folks. One specifically, uh, a buddy of mine, Andrew. Not the Andrew who calls into the show, uh, mind you, who uh, I miss terribly. I mean, has your life turned around and everything is great and that you don't need to complain? It's very disappointing. And if that's the case, I'm very – it's not disappointing. I'm thrilled for you. If that's the case. Anyways, let's get back to ejaculate. Um, but apparently this is a big thing and I had no clue. I, I, I did a bit of research. And anyway, Andrew was like, you know, oh, you know, this is kind of a weird take. I'm like, buddy, it's just a fucking stupid picture of a stupid person. It's funny. No, I don't know about that. You know, you don't want your all male audience, which is offensive. Is if to to imply that my audience is all male? If three men and one woman, one woman, happens to be my loving wife, maybe I don't know if she still listens or not. <laughs> Probably not, if I had to guess. But uh, you know, it it this is not pro vasectomy content, which is you know he's like. Oh. You know, I don't think pro-vasectomy content is going to ring with your all-male audience. And I don't know where the fuck he got that from. And it just kind of leads me to like, okay, you see something, you're automatically going to get offended about, by it. For what? 
And I tried to explain to him, like, buddy, it's just a fucking stupid picture. But it's just funny. It's a funny picture. But apparently, I'm going to have pro-forced vasectomy content. The guy who does not have children is going to have <laughs> pro-vasectomy talk. But I've had a note in my on my list for a while, kind of going back to the whole, uh, you know, abortion thing, which was, you know, a previous thing that people were upset about. They've moved on now that other shit has happened in the country. Uh, that's sort of a, a lesser issue at this point. <clears throat> um, but I mean, the responsibility of abortion and pregnancy in this country, well, not, not entirely in this country, but in the, in the eyes of a lot of folks is entirely one-sided, meaning the responsibility only lies with the woman. And I've always found that incredibly fascinating. Obviously, when, you know, I would say most women, when they go to get an abortion, for whatever reason, whether it's, if it's medical, right, let's say, okay, the child uh, has died or, or whatever, uh, you know, it's a little different, okay? And you would hope that the father of said child is there with the mother to sort of go through that with them. Otherwise, that particular father is a piece of shit, which is entirely possible. But it's always on the woman, right? And it's always the women are the ones being attacked. When the last time I checked, women can't get pregnant unless there's a dude involved, right? Am I wrong? I don't think so. So, I mean, if you really want to get down to it and break it down, right, it's a two-sided sort of event. <laughs> it's a two-sided event where one side is a sperm, the other side is an egg. The egg, nothing happens to the egg without the sperm. Nothing. So to say that men are not at all responsible for any of this, or not mentioned as being somewhat responsible for any of this, is fucking crazy. So there's a quote, and I saw this on Twitter, and I wish I like actually kept the tweet, but I just kept the quote. And this person said, sperm aren't alive, don't be ridiculous. And it's like, excuse me? Have you not seen Look Who's Talking 1, 2, or 3? I'm pretty sure Bruce Willis was the voice of one of those sperm. And I think it was John Travolta's sperm. <laughs> Anyways, they're very much alive. And I find the whole thing fucking ridiculous. I find the whole argument and, and everything around it to be so fucking stupid. It is such a, like, the 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 conception procreation the whole nine yards is such a personal fucking thing and anybody trying to tell anyone how they should handle it just fucking it it is the craziest thing people up on a stage trying to say what a woman should do with her own body what a guy should do with his own body is fucking insane to me the other insane thing, too, is if you listen to enough sports radio, you'll hear, let's say you listen to two hours of sports radio in a day, you're going to hear at least four, maybe six uh, commercials for, you know, testosterone, boner pills, boner treatment, uh, Roman swipes, 
Roman whatever, Roman hair growth, like all this shit marketed to dudes to to fucking create more sperm. Yet you're going to have a bunch of dudes who probably take a ton of that shit who are sitting in Congress trying to tell women what they should be doing with their body. Like, what fucking planet are we on? Like, give, give me a fucking break. The whole thing is just so stupid. Dudes just fucking love to spread their fucking shit all over the place with zero consequence. Because who the fuck cares, right? They're not the ones that have to walk through the fucking gauntlet in some of these states to try to get an abortion. Like, they're not the ones that have to fucking deal with this shit. They may, you know, slip them, slip some of these kids, which in some cases, that's what it is. Because you don't want your underage mistress, Mr. Congressperson, to be fucking having a child and, and saying, oh, this is, this is yours, Matt Gates." Allegedly. So, you know, here's a few hundred bucks, off you go. You know, pat her on the ass and off she... And she has to deal with the fucking bullshit for the rest of her fucking life. Just so crazy to me. Crazy shit. This is not where this episode is supposed to go, okay? Like, I hate fucking serious stuff. <laughs> Honestly, and I'm looking at my list, and what am I going to talk about next? Fucking sandwiches. So as I said, I did <clears throat> the... Rules for a barbecue. Um, I got some serious resistance on the ketchup take. My old buddy Mike apparently loves ketchup on his hot dogs. And quite frankly, once I was done being disgusted, I had to tell him that he was dead wrong. So, So I was thinking, okay, what are some other rules that I could make? that are food-based, because as a morbidly obese man, I am well-versed in food. So these are the sandwich rules. Rule number one, white bread is for children. White bread is for children. That's it. Rule number two, white flour rolls however, are acceptable. So, bulky, Portuguese, French, etc. Those are acceptable. Number three, variations of white bread can be acceptable in some instances. For example, old-school Sunbeam Vienna bread. Uh, used to make grilled cheeses by my grandmother, would still be acceptable today. However, neither the Sunbeam Vienna bread or my grandmother's are alive. Therefore, not really a rule. But uh, also, potato bread, not a white bread. So let's... If you were yelling potato bread at, at your phone or your car stereo or whatever, just know that I'm way ahead of you. As always, rule number three or four, I don't know what number I'm on. Dark breads make for a more delicious sandwich. The fuck was that? <laughs> so, rye, wheats, 
pumpernickels. Um, they make for a better sandwich. Rule number four or five. I'm going to say this is four. Uh, the only place where ketchup is a valid condiment on a sandwich is on cold meatloaf. That's it. End of discussion. Rule number five. Cheese should always be present unless you have a violent allergy. If you have a mild intolerance, you still need cheese. It can be any variety of cheese. So your Americans, your cheddars, your Swiss, even though Swiss is kind of gross. In hot sandwiches, Swiss, pretty good. But um, cheese needs to be present on a sandwich unless... You know, we'll get to that down the road. <clears throat> Rule number six. Chips are to accompany a sandwich at all times. Chip flavor rankings will be presented at a later date. Um, I should add that, you know, a salad can be somewhat acceptable depending on the sandwich. Soup can also be acceptable depending on the sandwich. A lot of fucking layers here, folks, okay? Rule number seven. If you've invented your own sandwich, it must have a silly or clever name, and you must tell everyone about it whenever possible. For example, when I was in the first grade, me and my friend Mike, Mike Buffard, wonderful young man, I haven't seen him in years. I hope he's doing well. We created what we called the Frito Gourmet. The Frito Gourmet was um, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with Fritos in the sandwich. And listen, I don't think I've had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in quite some time, but I'm fairly certain the last time I did, I was regretting the fact that I did not have any Fritos available to have a Frito Gourmet. That is very random. The only reason I made that rule was to tell you about the Frito Gourmet. That was it. Now, that sandwich could exist elsewhere, but I guarantee you that said sandwich does not have the silly or clever name attached to it. If you have your own made-up sandwich with a dumb name, I'm all ears. 617-657-4736. Rule number eight. Sandwiches are a lunch item. However, the only acceptable dinner sandwiches are as follows. Open face or submarine you can have a sub for dinner that's fine but you can't just go making yourself a turkey sandwich for dinner it's it's just it's not a dinner product however <laughs> if you are destitute <laughs> and living in an ant filled apartment in plymouth uh and all you have is peanut butter and bread um, that's what you should be eating. Peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> oh, man.
Uh, and those are the sandwich rules. Now, here's the thing, okay? I am confident that um, that my four listeners have some additional sandwich rules that they would like to share. So again, you can you can call 617-657-4736. Give me your sandwich rule. Give me your clever, funny, uh, invented sandwich. Um, if you disagree, call. You can go to any of my various uh, social media platforms and feel free to add or or detract or fight me. Fine, you can come to my house. We'll fight about sandwiches. <laughs> oh, man, I'm an idiot. Hey, Dave, it's Banksy from the car. Uh, quick story. I was just in Florida for Disney, as you know, and a wedding. And my story is at the wedding. You know, fantastic time. Great people. Um, but, yeah, so Tracy's cousin got married, and his wife is an absolute smoke show, which her sister is also an absolute smoke show. And, you know, basically, usual, party a little too hard at the after party with my wife, and I apparently tapped out in the hotel room chair. But there is good news with that. Come to find out, the hot sister decided to give me a good old lap dance while I'm tapped out, and my wife has it on video. I call that a win. All right. Have a good day. So basically, Scott got a lap dance that he didn't pay for, but can't remember. Uh, that everyone else got a good laugh out of. And he did not share the video. I'm not seeing the win, pal. Anyone else? I'm glad that he can see the humor in it, because, you know, some people probably get pissed off. Oh, you know, what the fuck? Why, why are you taking videos of me when I'm passed out? <clears throat> not Scott. So good on you, buddy. Hopefully it was... Uh, th but that sucks. I don't know. I'd be kind of mad, especially if she was so fucking hot and she gave me... You know, you could have... You could have feigned... <laughs> you could have pretended to be passed out. Like if the signs were there. Like if she had said, Oh, yeah, I give drunken lap dances all the time. <laughs> then you could have been like, Oh, hey. Uh, you could have like nudged your wife and said, Hey, keep an eye out on this one, huh? huh. Drunken lap dances. <laughs> Then you know, taking a seat, sat down, pretended to pass out. Next thing you know, there she is. Next thing you know, your hands are moving. I wouldn't recommend that. But <clears throat> uh, if you have a strip club story, I say strip club. This was not a strip club, but lap dance. So, you know, you think strip clubs, lap dance, whatever. If you have a lap dance story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear it. 617-657-4736. Went to uh, South Carolina for my bachelor party. And uh, the strip clubs in Charleston or in the greater Charleston area, not good. <laughs> or the one that we went to, not good. Apparently, there were like two across the street from each other, and we chose poorly. Uh, basically, we cared more about, uh, eventually, we cared way more about the baseball game that was on the TV at the strip club than we did about the actual strippers. That kind of gives you a, a, a fair idea of, you know, like how not good 
these broads were. Um, but there was the, the, the stripper that I ended up with, you know, she was, uh, talked very fast. You know, it was like she was trying to sell me fucking, uh, baseball tickets back in 1988. She talked very fast. She wasn't really that attractive. Um, and the setup here was like, you had to go in a back room. You had to like fucking sign a waiver. I don't know what the waiver was for. So we're in the back room and this, uh, you know, mediocre stripper is giving me a lap dance and she's not taking off her clothes, which was very strange. Um, but you know, she's like grinding on my lap and basically, you know, at one point she like kind of like jumped in my lap and I burped, (laughs) you know, cause I'm drunk. And she's like, did you just burp? I'm like, well, yeah, you just fucking like jumped in my lap. That was gross. And then, you know, that was pretty much the end. And I paid her 40 bucks and that was that. So don't go to the greater Charleston area looking for strippers. You'll be disappointed. Uh, but yes, thank you for calling, Scott. Um, again, without the video... Uh, you know, I'm not seeing how it's, you know, beneficial to the audience. So pony up. All right. As it is Friday, uh, it is time for everyone's favorite portion of the program, the end. And three gripes. Let me get settled here. Good. This fucking chair is abysmal. Oh, God, I need a new fucking chair. Gripe number one. Old guys in uh, public bathrooms or public public urinals. The way that I wrote it was old guys at the urinal. And for some reason, I capitalized old guys in the urinal. I don't know. Good band name, right? Old guys at the urinal. <laughs> What are you going? Who are you going to see? Oh, the OGU. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I love the OGU. I don't know where that came from. Sorry. Um, Is this some kind of performance that you're putting on here, gentlemen? And why is it that uh, so many guys of these guys, old men at the urinal, think they're fucking John Holmes? Case in point, last night, Fenway Park, I walk into the restroom uh, during the show, right? And there's an old white-haired fella standing in front of the urinal with his hands on his hips doing a little shimmy or dance or whatever. Am I supposed to care that you throw caution to the wind along with your cock, just leave it dangling unburdened by the chance of getting pissed all over either your shorts, shoes, or socks? Or did you know that I host a podcast full of stupid observational nonsense and I'd readily use your performance as fodder. If so, bravo, sir. Well done. But I'll assume that is not the case. Old balls and his kind always feature too many noises, too many comments, too many movements that aren't normally associated with the act of relieving oneself, whether it's in public, whether it's at home, whatever. If you feel the need to add histrionics to just taking a piss, please do it at home or in one of the filth-covered stalls so that the rest of us humans don't have to put up with this fucking nonsense. The old hands-on-your-hips move 
patented by old men in public restrooms. It's almost as if they want people to fucking like walk over, look down and say, hey, nice job. Somewhat related is gripe number two. Tom Brady, put your dick away, pal. Gripe number three. Uh, For the 37th time, entirely unconfirmed, uh, in three gripes, parents. I had to uh, open a bank account uh, last week. Last week? Yeah, last week. For a, a side business that I'm starting. More on that as details become available. That's a very, very small market tease. And the banker is uh, making banker small talk that really serves no actual purpose. But she's nice enough, so I, you know, I'm playing along. And then, quote, do you have kids, end quote, to which I replied, no. I don't. She replies, quote, oh, you're smart. Lucky you, end quote. What the fuck did you have kids for? This woman has three children. She made it a point to say that she has three kids. And she's probably my age, roughly my age. Yeah, actually, she's a year younger because she told me for some weird reason that she was born in 1979. But say, like, what the fuck did you have kids for? I will, ne- I will absolutely never understand this. When, when people ask you if you have kids, uh, and you and you say no, and their reply is, "Oh, smart," or "Oh, good for you," or "Oh, nice job," "Oh, great idea," "Oh," I, I just, I don't fucking get that. And I know that most of the time it's probably said in jest, but it seems odd that parents will openly shit on their kids in front of strangers. And I'm sure that this banker lady loves her kids. I'm sure that, you know, it's not that she hates her children. I'm sure that's not it. But it just, it just, it leaves me befuddled that... How many, again, and I've said this multiple times in the program, how many of you fucking people that have kids, like, actually thought this out? Like, thought this through? And I would guess that mo- the, most of the responses will, will be, oh, of course we fucking thought it through. Did ya? Who the fuck knows? But it's like, this woman, if only for a moment, somehow thinks that because I chose not to procreate that I'm somehow lucky. And now, look, I don't entirely disagree with her, but I guess I I just don't get why. I mean, I know why. But during our small talk, she didn't really learn anything meaningful about me that would lead her to think that my lot in life is somehow improved because there isn't, thankfully, a miniature Dave LaPointe running around. But it goes back to my point, like... If you have children and you meet someone who doesn't and your instant and the first fucking thought that goes into your head is, oh, lucky you. What the fuck are you doing? You know how many people there are on this planet that would love to have children? Just fucking love the they they love the thought of kids. They love the thought of having children. 
and raising children. They love that idea, but they physically cannot. And you have people like Banker Lady saying to me, oh, lucky you. And again, it could entirely be in jest, but there's a kernel of truth in there. If, if the conversation tumbled into like a more serious conversation, like asking why or asking, uh, okay, you don't have kids, so what do you do instead? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just thought about that. Imagine that conversation. Oh, what do you do instead of having kids? I, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> oh, that's fucking dumb. But man, oh man, I, I just I don't understand parents, and and it's it's one of these things that um, it'll it it'll constantly befuddle me for the rest of my days on this planet. Is um, you know, parenthood, people who've chosen to be parents, and like the thought process behind it, the the thought process in 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 sort of being a parent. It's just weird, and it's weird to me because I'm not one. Once upon a time, I thought that maybe I wanted to do that, and then I thought better of it. For me, you see that? You see where I'm going with this? I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you don't. <laughs> maybe you spend so much time with your fucking kids that your goddamn brain is mush, which is entirely possible. Anyways, that's it for the show. Um, I thought for sure this was going to be a longer one. But it wasn't, and thankfully, I mean, I'm, I'm glad. We still are going to get to an hour eventually. We've got a couple minutes to go, but we'll see. Um, I do, right now I've got one guest lined up for some golf talk, so I'm very excited. We'll see if we can get uh, more of them. Uh, I'm going to fucking call out on the on the tweet machine, at ComplaintsPod. So feel free to come on down to at ComplaintsPod. Get involved. Uh, 617-657-4736. You can call in with your complaints, your golf talk, your, your, whatever you want to talk about. Your lap dance stories, uh, your, your fake band names, um, your sandwich rules. Let's talk sandwiches. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, that's what I should have called the show. Let's talk sandwiches. Exclamation point. <laughs> oh, that's good. I mean, it's, it's good for me. It, again, the whole reason I do this is to make myself laugh, and that made me laugh, so I'm glad. Uh, at Complaints Pod, that's on Twitter. At Complaints Pod on the Instagram. I do have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. Uh, I have a YouTube page that I don't use. I have a Twitch channel that I can't figure out. I have a TikTok page that I haven't used. Uh, which I'm going, I, I keep, I have an idea, and I've said this before, I have an idea, but I'm just like, I have nothing but time right now, so I probably should do something with the TikTok just to see what would happen. Probably nothing, but not the point. Um, what else do I have? I have a blog. I haven't fucking written a blog in God knows how long. Maybe I'll do one uh, on Friday. I have nothing really of substance to write about, but maybe I'll go a little deeper into uh, sandwiches. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, what else? 
I think that's it. But, you know, this the same thing applies. If you ever want to be on the program, I'd love to have you. Uh, I thought I was going to have a, a guest this week. Didn't work out. I, uh, this potential guest has uh, vanished. <laughs> um, probably thought better of uh, his potential appearance on the program. Um, what else? I think that's it. But listen, um, hopefully uh, you've enjoyed the program. Hopefully you, you got a laugh out of it at the very least. If you didn't laugh or find anything interesting, you found uh, a band name um, of uh, old guys at the urinal to be kind of funny. B-O-G-U. I mean, that's a fucking riot. Somebody steal that, please. That's a great That's a great name for a bunch of guys in their 40s or 50s who used to be in a punk band uh, when they were in high school uh, and then got together at their 25th high school reunion and said, oh, you know, we should probably get back together. But they didn't, you know, someone, another successful band had taken their name from when they were in high school. So they need a new name. And uh, they decide to go with old guys at the urinal. That's a really in-depth bit. (laughs) And and only funny to me. Oh man, like I see, this is why like having a co-host would be great. That you could like bounce this. Oh my god, but it would be stupid. I would need someone equally as dumb, and I don't know anybody like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's it. Listen, thank you as always for listening to the show. Uh, it is the hashtag World's Worst Podcast. Uh, please tell your friends, tell your moms. Um, also, more importantly than ever, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.